You're listening to Told by Olay, a lifestyle perspective podcast, a space to explore, get real, and get God. This is season two, a mini season, The Adventures of Calling. Today, we're joined by Valentine Asalu, a Penn State alum and now a business development project coordinator who walks by faith and not by sight. He shares his truth and allows his experiences to develop, not define him. His calling may not be 100% clear, which I mean, whose is, right? We really only get this small glimpse into the vision that God has for our life. It's like a movie trailer. So while Valentine remains faithful in what he does know to be true about his calling, he does what he can to live a life that is exemplary and pleasing of the second chance at it that he's been given. So please welcome for the first time on this podcast, Valentine with a warm welcome. All right, so as you know, we are doing the Adventures of Calling, a series, and I am joined today by Valentine, or with Valentine, and I'm just going to let him take the wheel and introduce himself, and then obviously he's going to tell us about a time he's went from feeling unseen to seen. All right, how you guys doing? My name is Valentine, like um, all I said. Uh, let's see. How, how can I describe myself? So I'm really just like a regular guy who loves God. I've definitely had my like trials and tribulations that's brought me to this point where I am today. Um, I grew up in church, but you know during that time is I kind of strayed away, and it took me like going through some tribulations, going through some like messed up situations that I really realized God for myself and not for what my parents said or like what the pastor said or anything like that. So I look forward to sharing with you guys. All right, so when I went from feeling unseen to seen, I think for me, it's, it's going to sound very superficial, but it's just kind of like how it worked. So growing up, I was like the chubby, like chaser guy. Oh. Like I was like I was like a fat boy. Like I, I guess to everyone saying it's like ugly, quote unquote. And then mm-hmm. after I graduated, I'm talking about like graduated high school and going into college out of nowhere. It's like I had got a growth spurt. Like the bears started coming in. And it's okay. like all this, all this other stuff. And it's like finally out of nowhere, it's like, yo. Who's Valentine? Valentine is like, mm. I'm like, uh. I'm sure the name did not hurt. It didn't at all. It's like, now it's like, like every time it's like, oh, your name's Valentine? Oh, when's your birthday? Valentine's Day? Oh, you must go. I'm like, come on, man. But it's like, but it's like, ever since then, it's just like, it definitely went, it definitely came with a lot of maturing in that aspect, just being able to not get people's attention. And then out of nowhere, like, as soon as you step into the room, it's like either someone has already like seen you through social media mm. or something like that. So it's just like, it's crazy. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you have gone through so many different things, yes. and um, we'll probably touch on a few of the things that you've experienced, yeah. but growing up and, and coming to a place where, like, one, you found yourself kind of, um, I would say, like, physically, you found mm. your identity in, like, the kind of man that you wanted to present yourself yeah. to be, and, you know, you had to find Christ on your no, own, yes, and you had to come back. Yeah. What was that experience like for you? Like, what happened that made you say like wake up and decide okay. I got to come back. So for me, um, so going into my freshman year of college, uh, I will have to say like, I was like, I, I can't lie. Like I was a scumbag. Like just like, okay. and like when I say scumbag, it's like generally just like the lifestyle I was living, like, you know, like multiple women, like going out drinking. It's like everything that I learned going, like going into college as far as know the child of who you are, like being a child of God, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I just threw that out the window. I was like, you know, this is it. Like, oh, wow. And then my sophomore year, so, you know, I was still like kind of living that lifestyle. But at that point, I started getting more active in my campus ministry. And I feel like God was trying to like tell me like, all right, you have to settle down. So about a couple weeks before like the end of my sophomore year, uh, I got really sick to the point where I couldn't open my mouth. Um, like 
I was like in so much pain, wow. and it's like it's something that they would like the doctor said that it's not it's not normal, but it's like it's also normal at the same time. Where it's like mm-hmm. I had to get off for my wisdom teeth, and I was like, what does my wisdom teeth have to do with like me not being able to talk, like everything right. like that? So it was just like it was crazy, and I just remember that night. I was in a hospital bed, and it's like, I haven't, I hadn't eaten for that whole week. Like, I'm like, they're, all they're giving me is IV and everything like that. And it was, like, horrible pain. And I just sat in bed. I was like, yo, God, like, honestly, like, if this is, like, because of, like, my lifestyle I'm living and just because of the fact that, like, I'm not, like, focused on you, then please, God, like, I'm ready to, like, give you complete control. Wow. And within, like, after I said that prayer, the next day I woke up, I could, like, talk. I can open my mm-hmm. mouth. And like, that was, like, the first time I ate. Even though it was jello, but it was, like, that was, like, the first time mm-hmm. I ate. And then since then, it's just been, like, it's been a crazy journey since then. Not that it's, like, our boom, like, I was the perfect Christian or anything like that or anything of the sorts. But it, that was, like, the def- defining moment for me. And okay. I always, like, tell people. I think that's when I was, I can say, like, I regave myself to Christ again. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, I think a lot of us, right, who th- those of us who grow up in church, we kind of, like, this is habit, this is what we do, and this is, we don't understand that there's, like, there's actually a moment where you come and you say, Jesus Christ, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, um, so how do you feel like that's played a role in, in who you are today? Okay, I mean, for one, well, I just have to, I guess, add this tad bit, is, like, I feel like all of us, especially we've grown up in church, that we all, like, I feel like we've all given our life to Christ, like, three or four times. <laughs> like, the first time when you give your life to Christ, like, all right, God, I'm sold out for you. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks later, you're right back where you want to be, like, yeah. you know. So, like, <laughs> Not really understanding <laughs> yeah, what you, you just, just agreed to. to. <laughs> yeah, so just, like, you're just like, all right, God, I'm so totally singing Hill song, like, for, like, a week, right. and some change, and next thing you know, it's like, uh, I don't know this for me. I'm going to turn up a little bit, but... Right. Uh, but yeah. um, honestly, I will say that there's just, for me, there's just certain things I'm just not going to do. Like, okay. I'm all about having fun. I'm all about enjoyment, like being with my boys and everything like that. But I think right now and just like the way I want to live is just like, there's just certain things like my boys like, yo, y'all trying to, I'm like, like, eh, mm-hmm. no. And it's like, it even gets to a point where it's like, I do believe that God has put me in a season, in a season right now to start saying no. Okay. And it's, like, it's something I've been struggling with a lot because, like, everyone knows me. Like, I'm always going to, like, try to help out where I can, try to do this, do that. But it's getting to a point. Yeah, I feel like God was trying to tell me it's getting to a point where it's affecting my relationship with God. Because if I'm now saying yes to everything but I don't have time for my quiet time, this, down and third, it's, yeah. like, am I really helping? Am I really, like, like, edifying my spirit by doing it? So I definitely do feel like I'm in a season of no. God telling me to say no to certain things. Like, and just, like, prioritize myself. Not right. in a selfish way where it's, like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that, but it's like more so. It's like I want to give more time to God. So okay, you want to give more time to God, and yeah. you've managed to to learn how to say no. I mean, we've had an episode where we talked about the power and no, yeah. and how much strength comes from saying no. But I feel like when we discover this strength and this power yeah. to say no, do you think that it's because you 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 understand that there's something greater for you that God has called you for something greater, and you have an understanding of what that calling is. No, I definitely do agree with that. I do feel like some your no's like are for a like a further yes. I guess if that's the best way to say it. Oh, that's good like, actually. Saying no right now is there's a reason why God wants you to say no. Like my mom always say this thing is like you pay the price now so you can enjoy it later. Mm. And I feel like no, like who doesn't want to go out with their friends? Who doesn't want to do that? But there's just certain things now that she's want to preserve yourself now. Right. When you're older it's like 
you be, you able to look back and be like, you know, I'm glad I said no. Right. It's not, not like, for me now, I'm not going to lie. Like, the biggest thing, I guess, that my parents have told me that I'm using right now is that, what is it? It's not everywhere they call you that you need to go. Say, I say <laughs> yeah. that exact accent in my head. Like, when people ask me, like, Val, do you want, I'm like, it's not everywhere they call me. I need to go. <laughs> right. hey, I'm really just I staying mean, in my head and I'll just sit down. But it's like, I know that it's because God has called me to do certain things. And like, there's so many opportunities that have come my way because I've said no to one thing. Mm-hmm. And like, now I'm sitting here and it's like, oh, Val, like, even this podcast, like, when you told me, like, yo, I was like, yo, like, for real. Like, I was, yeah. I was excited. But it's like, I had to say no to other things. I had to say, like, no, I can't hang out. No, I can't go to brunch. Aww. I can't do that. But it's like, it's because, like, God is trying to, like, you know, move me in a different direction. Exactly. I definitely, like, do feel that that's, like, super important, especially for us young folks. We, exactly. We all, like, we want to be everywhere. We have FOMO. And mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I can't lie about that, but it's, like... <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I be having FOMO, too. Yeah. Um, only thing that saves me is the fact that I like to be in my house. Yeah. So, no, um, being in house but, is cheap. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly, not expensive. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like your journey is sort of just beginning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you just... You you went through all that you went through at the beginning of um school and yeah. college, and then you just finally graduated yep, with your yep, bachelor's yep. degree. So please, from Penn State, yes, round of applause, round of applause. we are. You know, and I think that you've been on a crazy ride. Yeah. So how, in like, if you can like sum it up, mm-hmm. how would you describe that experience? My whole college journey, the experience that I've, I feel like the one word that like really like describes it was probably maturity. And it's, like, and it's maturity and not in the sense it's, like, growing up and, like, with age, but it's, like, spiritual maturity, too. Right. So, it's, like, one thing, like, I, like I'm like i always happy to share about is, like, I'm actually a huge proponent of, like, mental health, like, because it's, like, I went through, like, a like depression, mental breakdown, and, like, mm-hmm. not a lot of people know this, but, like, I can talk about it now confidently. It's, like, I battle with suicidal thoughts and actually almost committing, like, actually trying to commit suicide, mm-hmm. like, while in school because of the fact that I just was, like, so overwhelmed in between that time. But when I woke up and it's like just sitting down, it's like, I was like, yo, like, there's more to life than what just happened just now. It's like going through that near death experience, it like changes your perspective. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you don't believe that you have a purpose in life, at that point, if you wake up and it's like, ah, oh, like, I'm awake, like, all right, there's, there's a reason why I didn't die. Like, right. So, yeah. I take and that we say this point. all yeah. the time that, like, if you are alive today and you have breath in mm-hmm. your lungs, there's a reason and you have a purpose, you have yep. a calling that you have to fulfill. Yeah. And first of all, thank you for sharing that because, you know, it takes a lot. And I know black men and men in general don't really right. feel yeah, comfortable yeah, yeah. sharing things like that. So, I mean, like, with your mental state now, yeah. and be, you, you just said that, like, you're comfortable even talking mm-hmm. about yeah. that. What did you have to overcome to to come to the place of, of one being aware that those were the feelings that you were actually having and yeah. dealing with, and had and what did you do to now be in a Better, healthy yeah. you're you're in a healthy mental state but now. I think the biggest thing is that we have to understand that we're our own worst enemy, like, yeah. and that's for me. Well, I'm not gonna like just generalize that, but for me, I realized that I was my own worst enemy, and in the sense of that. I like I have a way of like convincing myself that nothing's wrong. Like okay, and it's like maybe you're like you're listening to this and you probably feel that way, but it's like you have to acknowledge that yes, something is wrong. Like I'll like I can like be like the one of the biggest things that like I knew okay this is like not right. Like there was a point where I didn't leave my room for like two weeks. I'm talking about like I didn't shower, I didn't do anything. I had classes, didn't go to any of my classes. I was literally in my room for two weeks straight. It's like the only time I would leave my room. It's Friday night and Saturday night. That's because, like, 
if my friends were going out. And it's like, mm. I had to like kind of convince myself, like, yo, you have to go so that way no one thinks anything is wrong. But I would get yeah. drunk, come back to my room, and just like be in my room, just like still feel alone. Even though I was just out with everyone, it's like, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, like, this, and it's like, you, you kind of just get to a point where it's like, it just gets so methodical and you realize, okay, maybe this is just normal, but right. it's like, there's something, there was still something in me that I was saying like, yo, like, you need to seek help. Like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it was still like in my spirit. I, maybe the spirit of God like telling me like, okay, like, yo, like, you need to like, kind of align yourself back up. But it's like, I honestly did not know until I actually got like, real help. So, right, yeah. exactly. And so what kind of role do you feel like the people that you've surrounded yourself with yeah. and the people that you know, have been sent to you that you didn't even think that you would ever encounter? What kind of role have they played on this journey that you've been on? Man, like, I really thank God for everyone that's, like, coming to my life because they've all taught me a lesson. Um, So I do believe that birds of a a feather flock together. And it wasn't until I was able to be transparent with the people around me and let them know exactly how I was feeling that I actually realized that, like, there was deliverance. Mm -hmm. Like... Like, even your older sister, Dami, like, she played a crucial role. Like, you played a crucial role, too. Mm-hmm. Just, like, being able to, like, come to y'all house, like, in New York. And it's like, and it's like yo, like, this is what's going on. And it's like, y'all, mm-hmm. like, y'all just, like, really just sit there and just talk to me. And it's mm-hmm. like, that was huge for me. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's it's a sense of reality. Because, like, I feel like when you're, like, in your depressive state and anything like that, like, you have a false sense of reality where you honestly, oh, yeah. like, you honestly feel as though, like, oh, Everything outside that's happening doesn't concern me. Like, what's what's going on right now in my life, that's the only thing that's, like, important. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so depressed. That's why I'm so unhappy. Not really. There's other people who are, like, going through worse than you. And it's, like, mm-hmm. they're putting on a smile on their face. And, like, they're, like, you know what, God, you're going to bring me through. You're going to bring me through. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, you can say that, but until you actually believe it, I think that's when you start to really start walking into, like, you know, a new sense of purpose. Yeah. You know, you know what I think is really cool? What's up? is the fact that you went through this, yeah. right? And I know that you have a calling in yeah. your life. You know that. Yeah. Of course, you may not be completely tapped into the exact thing that yeah. you've been called to do, but people have told you that. Yeah, yeah. And I know that that's <laughs> definitely put some kind of weight on your shoulder, Yeah. Um, trying to live up to this idea of a calling that yeah. you don't even understand about, yourself. Yeah. But... One of the things that you said that that I know and I've seen, not just that you said, but I've seen that you've been called to mentor younger children. Yeah. Or not younger children, but like people the youth up, and yeah. yeah, a lot of the ones that are behind you. Yeah. And I, I can't help but feel like those child the youth that you'll be mentoring are the ones who went who are gonna be in the season that you were in when you were going through everything that you went through while you were in school. Yeah. And so I can't help but feel like that. Yeah. Do you do you agree with that? Do you think that the, those that you would be mentoring like young adults and teens yeah. and people who are transitioning and have you even began to do that in a small, like small scale? Capacity. Yeah. Oh no, I definitely a hundred percent do agree that like I'm like supposed to be like mentoring like young adults. Like it's mm-hmm. funny because my like my pastor's son at my church like. I think like a couple weeks into like me serving and everything, and he was like, "Yo, Val is like my older brother." Oh, and I was wow. like, "When my pastor told me that, like, it changed everything for me, just in a sense of that you honestly start to realize that people are looking at you." Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things, like my dad told me after, like I kind of like shared my story with him, it was like my dad said that you can't trust a general without scars. Mm-hmm. So everything wow, that wow. I've been through is like there are people coming up for me. It's like they see that, but like, until I'm able to come down to the level, like, hey, like, bro, like. I battled this. Mm-hmm. I did this. I did that. And it's like, 
I know you can get through it. Like, then they have, you know, that gives me the, like, it's not validation, but it gives me, like, the authority to say, like, yo, bro, like, I know you can get through this. Because right. if I got through it and I was in a way worse state than you, yeah, I'm here for you. It's exactly. like, I'm going to walk. Like, I will if I have to, I will hold your hand step by step to make sure that we get through this together. So. Exactly. And I feel like that's just beginning my calling. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of crazy because, like, you used to go to one church. Yeah. And you somehow found your way in this new church that you're in and things quickly kind of changed like in your life so i mean church definitely no church definitely impacts it and it's like at the end of the day for me it's like yeah the whole like church switch it was like it was definitely a like that in itself it can like feel like okay maybe i'm not called to like you know but it's yeah. like, you have to understand, like, one thing that a pastor kind of like explained to me was like, a lot of times we feel as though, like, God's calling our life is one finite point. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, yo, like, if I don't do this at this particular point in time, I'm never going to reach God's calling. But it's like, God's calling is always going to find you as long as you're walking in God's will for you. Exactly. And it's like, for me, that's huge. Like, if you think about it, David was just doing what he just normally did, mm-hmm. and God's calling came to him. But it's yeah. like, if you're not doing what God has like, you know, put you to do right now, like what whatever my whatever my hands find doing, I will do it well. Mm-hmm. And at that point, God sees that okay, my son, you're ready. And exactly. it's like not only that, like between the time in which your calling manifests and be, and between the time you're actually called, it's like so much has to happen. Exactly. David was anointed well, at the age of like sixteen or something like that, mm-hmm. but he didn't actually become king till the age of like thirty. So it's like. There's a long time, time it's period, like, and yeah. you, you have to battle, like, even when you honestly think, okay, cool, I'm walking in my calling. It's like, there are points in my life where, like, I thought I was going to be called to be a pastor. Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, like, if God wants me to be called, like, I'm great, but it's like, the other like, all right, cool, I'm going to be a pastor. I was like, I'm about to leave Penn State. I'm going to go to missionary school, wow. this, that, and the third. But it's like, later on, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. But it's like, <laughs> but it's, it's, not, it's not that, like, God isn't. Not that God is like didn't call me like to do that, but it's like time and season. Right, so. exactly. And that brings me to my next point, right? Like sometimes I find that we are just running fast and headed nowhere. nowhere. Yep. One time I mean this this was even before I was saved. Yeah. And um I was in my first year of college and I was just like I was talking to one of my friends, I was like, Oh my god, I just need to get out of here. I just mm. need to get out of here. I need to do this, I need to do that. And he was like where what what is the rush? Yeah. <laughs> where are you going? I'm like, I, I I need more than this. I need I need to be doing this. This is what I need to be doing. I have a vision. I have an idea. I need to do this. I need to do this. I can't do that here. I can't do that here. He's like, you gotta relax. Mm. This kid was younger than me, and he's telling me like, you gotta relax. You just gotta take, like, it, take easy. it easy. You are headed. Yeah. You don't even have a clear idea of where you're going. You just like trying to run and everything and I feel like especially now in this generation like I feel like I talk about this all the time but this is just a reality right we're 20 something and Mm -hmm. we see other 20 somethings our age sometimes just a year older than us and then we're like well they've accomplished this and they did this so what about me I'm not doing enough I need to do more yeah what can you say to some of us 20 somethings Mm -hmm. who feel like we do not match up and we are not meeting our goals all right, so for me, it's like when you as you were talking, like this is gonna this it's not off topic, but it's like one of my favorite rappers, J Cole. He's like he has this lyric where it says like Congratulations, you came a long way. Yeah. But the bad thing is you went the wrong way. Oh my gosh. So it's like a lot of times we're so like we're driven, which is ambition is not a bad thing, and it's like passion is not a bad thing, but um when we I feel like when we get to a point where it's like when you have no when you have passion but with no mm-hmm. direction, 
it becomes aggression or just like you're just ag- like you're just aggressively trying to do something but with no direction like you're like where are you going like you said so and i feel like our generation does have it worse because like we're constantly like bombarded with like instagrams like yo like such and such just did this such and such did that but you have to realize that like Actually, no, I'll give you, a, like, a better example for me. So, it's like, when, when I was, like, when I actually went back to school and was about to, like, finish my education and everything like that, there was a point in my life for two years, because I, had I had, still had two years to finish my degree, and keep my, all of my friends already graduated. Mm-hmm. All my friends already started working full-time. Um, they're, like, making great money, because, mm-hmm. like, all my friends are either engineers, lawyers, about to go to med school, doctors, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And little old me, yeah, it's like, <laughs> like you know, birds of feather fly together. That's like a shameless plug. Let me let me know who's in your circle. Come but, on now, <laughs> Trigger X, what's up? <laughs> but um, but it's like so. Everybody's like doing all that, and it's like I'm still like in school, and it's like I was, it was I was like down because I, I could see myself kind of drifting into the depression. Like, dog, like, all my friends are doing this. All my friends are like, and like I remember like all my friends would literally text the group chat, "Yo, Val, like you're next." Like when somebody graduated, it's like, "Yo, Val, you're next. Like, you got this." And it's like the that the the semester before, like my last semester, like it was rough, but I ended up like with a three point nine GPA. Like I like wow. I just like screenshotted my um like my grades to everybody. Just like was like, "Yo, let's go. We almost there." And it's like mm-hmm. little things like that kind of like help you understand that you don't have to measure up your success with other people. And what's it called? Comparison at the end of the day is a thief of joy. Oh, so if ooh. I was so like. You know, <laughs> like, so if I was so, like, if I was so wrapped up with comparing my life with other, like, people's accomplishment, I'm never going to be happy with the things I've done. I'm always going to be like, oh, like, I still have to do this. I still have to do that. And I feel like that's why there's a lot of people out here today who is just, like, they have so much success, but it's, like, because they're not rich, it's Dangote. Because they're not rich, it's, like, <laughs> like, 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 you don't know. No, like, yeah, Dangote is, like, one of the richest Nigerians. So it's, like, but think about that. It's, like, yeah. because I don't have an as much money. I might be a millionaire, but I don't have as much money as, like, someone else. It's, like, I, what, everything you've done up is irrelevant. So, it's, right. like, you have, we have to, like, celebrate the small, small wins. wins. And just like, just... I mean, and the small wins are big wins because you're small right now. Yeah, so, they're like, big. Like, like <laughs> I don't understand. Like, we, we really have this concept of what is what should be qualified as success and what shouldn't be qualified as success. Yeah. And, and that's also probably why, like, so many of us, we grow up at five years old, ten years old, we're saying, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to be like, this. But and if you're not that, then you're, then you're not, not that. that. Then it's like, what's it called? Uh, Steve Furtick said this one, uh, he said this one uh, thing that, like, has really stuck with me today. He said that in society, like, if you're a non-believer, like, but this, I feel, honestly, I just feel like this is in general. Uh, he said that our world has defined us as the opposite of success is unsuccessful. Like, you know, if you're not successful, you're unsuccessful. But as a child of God, like, the biggest thing for us is that the opposite of our success is unfaithfulness. Mm. When we begin to stop being unfaithful to what God has yeah. called us to do, that's when you that's when you truly lost it because, like, you, like, God has called us to do something. So it's like, you have to stay faithful in these journeys, in these times where it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to be successful because, yeah. like, you don't know, like, what's going to happen, like, from you to, like, constantly every day. You know what, God, even if I can't, even if I'm not happy, I'm still going to read the word. I'm still just going to, like, pour it out because mm-hmm. I know that you're bigger than my circumstances, you're bigger than my problems, and you see past that. Yeah. And I feel like that helps, in turn, helps us see past that and just, like, keep moving forward. So. Right, exactly. Wow, that's actually really, really good. Um, take notes. Come on, y'all. Take notes. <laughs> um, I'm curious, though. Yeah. Like, do you think that what you're doing professionally right now is in line with your purpose and what you've been called to fill, fulfill. 
Actually, that's a good question. Uh, so I went to school for business management and IT, and right now I work in pharmaceuticals, like, but it's like project management. And okay. in a sense, it's like, yes, because I, I know for a fact this job is God. Like, it's all God. Even the way, like, I got the job, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I didn't know anything about pharmaceuticals. I was right. like, like, you know, but I feel like everything and then everything, whatever we do, like it's grooming us, whether or not we like it, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, I'm learning like how to communicate with people, like ex- external people. Cause you don't know, like, especially if like you're going to be mentoring someone or anything like that, be a pastor. Like there's so many different personalities that you're oh, yeah. dealing with. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to like handle that, it'll turn like super overwhelming very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's like professionally right now, I like in a sense, yes, in certain aspects, yes, it's definitely teaching me patience. It's definitely teaching me the understanding of like, like actually breaking down things in my head and be more organized. Like mm-hmm. I'm an organized person, but it's like when you work in a corporate world, it's like it teaches you to be like a, just a different level oh, of organization. It's mm-hmm. like and thinking ahead because that's one thing that we do like a lot. Like we're constantly forecasting. So it's like, mm-hmm. let's say like the company's like telling us like we want to produce this amount of drug for December. But it's like, okay, December is here, but you guys sold it this amount, but we're getting this amount. Like, mm-hmm. what what can we do to make sure that next year it doesn't happen and we're not, like, you know, influx? And it's like, the same way as, like, you know, prioritizing yourself. Like, hey, like, I'm about to travel, but I need to start saving now. So it's, like, little things like that. So it's like, yes, in a sense, it's helping me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like, 100%, but it's like, I'm going to take it that way until God tells me otherwise. So, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah. So... If you could give anybody, like anyone who's listening right now, advice on how anyone who's struggling to understand their calling or yeah. to feel like they're fulfilling purpose, to feel like they um, that they do have something to fulfill in yeah. this, this world. And if they feel like they're not do in a, a position where they yeah, actually are making a difference or some sort of yeah. impact, what advice would you give them? Um, honestly, it still goes back to the story of David. Uh, like, that's the honesty. And David is probably one of, like, the sickest, like, Bible characters. Like, if you really think <laughs> about it, like, top yeah. five. Paul's probably up there, too. No, he is up there. Paul's probably number one, but David's up there. And one thing I realized with David's story is that God doesn't give you anointing, like, fresh anointing to, like, just constantly pick up a stop, start, stop something, do something else. No, like, oh, God yeah. gives you more anointing to finish whatever he's placed you yeah. in. Ooh, so. If you find yourself right now in a place where it's just like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. seek out God's face first because sometimes God, like, is trying to teach you something. It's like, if you don't learn that lesson, then you can't sure. move to the next level. And I've learned that. It's like, I had to leave school. I stopped. It was I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to, like, missionary school or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's like, that's not what God called me to do. do. Yeah. But I was like, you know what, God, I'm going I'm going to finish, but I need you. And it's like, in that point in time, like, I, I'm blessed to say that when I started back school again, I never got below Dean's list. Oh, so wow. that's saying that, you know, God gives you the anointing to finish what he's called you to you do. do yeah. So if that's the scene that you find yourself in, see God's face first. Don't just quit prematurely. Okay. Really see God's face first. And it's like, if God still wants you to stay there, then like you have make sure it's like, even on the worst days, that's when you have to give it the most. Like, whenever you don't feel like doing something, that's when you got to do it the most. Like, because right. you never know the opportunity that's going to come ahead. And then it looks good, like, just for you, because at the end of the day, it's like, people know, like, let's be real, like, people know if you're not happy. So if you're constantly coming to work and it's like, yeah, I'm here, da, 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 yeah, like, yeah. Like, why would, like, why would your manager want to promote you if they know that you're always going to come in and always be, like, you know, 
like dry, dry and, and angry, bring like, no good energy. Into yeah, the exactly. Space. So it's like so people look at things like that even from yeah. a pro- professional development standpoint. So it's yeah. like, I mean, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. It's like <laughs> like no, we we hate real. to we hate to see it, but it's like that's the reality. Like yeah. not everything is given to us, and it's like. Now, I honestly feel as though, especially as young people, I'm, now I'm rambling, my bad. It's like, no, it's fine. I'm Continue. in it now. But it's like, I feel like as young people, I feel as though we don't understand the concept of waiting. Like, and I think partly because of the generation we live in where it's like everything's always at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if it doesn't pan out in the next two to three years or like four Less to five months, like <laughs> three to four months, like yeah. even like, I still how like the time is like, if it doesn't pan, if I don't see results, in between that time frame, it's like, okay, well, clearly I wasn't meant to do this. Yeah. And it's like, recently I was in a, a round table with the CEO of my company. Oh, wow. Um, and that's a shout out to God right there, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, so <laughs> I, was in a, um, I was in a round table with the CEO of my company, and he said that in, in this generation, he's seen that everyone kind of like, from a professional development standpoint, always stays one to two years to like boost their resume and do a lateral movement. And of course... If once so, let's say if I have to work here for one to two years, right, and I go to another job, so whatever my base salary is right now, I'm I can already know that they're at least going to pay me ten thousand dollars more, like you know, like wherever I go to next. Right. But the thing is though that it takes about three to five years to actually master and understand what I'm doing. So it's like you keep on making all these jumps one to two years, one to two years, one to two years, but it's like you haven't mastered anything. Yeah. So it's like now it's like you're just like a jack of all trades, master mm-hmm. of none, which sometimes is a good thing, but it's like if you want to actually make a difference and like see what, see like your work actually be impactful, yeah. you have to put in the time. It's exactly. like it takes 10,000 hours to master something. So if it's the Bible that you're trying to master, if it's just like picking up a craft, like if you're not willing to put in that 10,000 hours of practice, mm-hmm. then dog, like, you're just, just sitting here wasting, wasting your time. time. Yeah. You're wasting oh your God. time because you're just jumping around. So. Yeah. Wow. That's actually pretty insightful. Yeah. All of us new generation people who talk about, oh, I'm going to just give them a year of my time and <laughs> move on. This is, this is actually really, really important. Yeah. Like, I actually did not think about that and think about the fact that, like, you technically should put in, like, three years. Yeah. Um, we just want to fly. We just want to do the most. If I'm not a man, what is it? If I'm not a manager by the age, like, 25? Yeah. Like, well, like bro. And, <laughs> and, and then we want God to, to, like, to follow our you. plan. Yeah. But then we say that we're serving him. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Very, very that, interesting. No, that's huge. Like, follow God's plan was, like, I'm going to tell God how it's supposed to be done. Like, yo, God, I'm supposed to be a pastor. I'm supposed to have my own congregation. Yeah. All right, but what, what did Michael Todd say? Is like, you know, the Pope is going to only, like, make what's ever in you more elegant. So it's like, mm. if you have pride in you, yeah, pride's going to be real elegant, like, when you're on the stage because it's wow. like, people are going to see that. See. So it's yeah. an altar. So. I mean, and so, so that actually makes me wonder, like, how do you stay in your calling, mm. stay in your identity, stay in your purpose when the world has their own ideas about who you are? Yeah. I think, like, for me, I'm just, just even that question I'm trying to think is, like, I think it goes, uh, boils down to, like, comparison. Like, just making sure that, like, I'm not, like, there's one thing, like, to be content and mm. there's nothing to be complacent. I feel like I'm, like, content where I am right now. I always have a state of contentment because I know, like, I'm exactly where God has called me to be. Right. But 
I'm never complacent. I'm always trying to like better myself. Always trying to read a new book. Always trying to make sure that like yo like I'm feeding myself and like just trying new experiences because like life moves at the like I always say life moves at the speed of experiences. Mm. So it's like if you're not experiencing things, it's really hard for you to actually like put insight into anything. Yeah. So I think that's for me. That's like the biggest thing is like if you think about it though, it's like everybody wants us to be something. Yeah, so it's like you're always gonna have someone like, yo, I thought you'd be doing this by mm-hmm. now, this, that, right. and third. And if you yeah. actually start to feed into that, you get to a point where it's like mm-hmm. you're not happy. So exactly, and that's so important. Don't feed into what everyone else is doing, thinking, saying, and all these different things. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've reached the end. I'm so happy that you joined me and thank you so much. I shared really your appreciate story this. and your experience. Yeah. Um, but before we go, yep, yep. every guest has to, one, give a, give the listeners an affirmation and tell us what you think a lifestyle perspective is okay. or what a lifestyle perspective means to you. To me. All right. So a lifestyle perspective. I think lifestyle perspective ultimately boils down to is that your life, for me, well, for my like definition, mm-hmm. that people are going to see your life as a testimony before they actually hear your testimony. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, like, people are going to see your life as a testimony before they actually, like, hear your testimony. Mm-hmm. So, granted, like, in a social media, granted, like, dominated world, yeah, it's very easy. I think probably, like, if you really think about it, if you go on Instagram right now, you're probably only going to see about 3% of my entire personality or 3% of my whole life. Because, mm-hmm. like, but it's, like, people have turned it where it's, like, okay, you're I'm basing my whole life on this 3%. So, yeah. like, actually, like, you know, it's talking. So, it's, like, for me, just being able to make sure that, like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Like, yes, like I like to have fun. I like to go out with my friends, all of that. But mm-hmm. it's like ultimately boils down to like if you can sit here and talk to me, like yo, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Yeah, I'm not gonna sugarcoat things. If I feel as though it's like something's wrong, I'm gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not gonna tell you. But I'm gonna figure out. Okay, but how can we move together so that way, like we don't have to go down this road again. Okay, and, like that's part of, like lifestyle perspective because people are seeing like okay, like you y'all you guys heard me say it's like okay, I, I'm battling depression. I've done this. I've done that. But mm-hmm. it's like. That's not me. I'm not defined by, by my. That. I'm not defined by my mistakes. So yep. it's like, and my lifestyle is going to show that, and I'm going to make sure that hey, like, if, even if I'm like feeling the downness, I'm gonna make sure like, God, I'm I'm alive. Yeah. So how are we gonna rock? So that's amazing. I love that. Oh, so that's yeah, good. That's a lifestyle perspective. For and me. then an affirmation. Mm, affirmation. All right. So Romans eight verse thirty eight. Constantly, where you like, no matter what you're going through, just remember this. Romans eight thirty eight, and this is the New Living Translation. It says, "And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the mistake you made yesterday, wow. nor fears, nor your insecurities, your wow. shame, your pain. Wow. None of that can separate you from God's love." And you said, nor our worries about tomorrow. So it can't separate you from God's love. We all want to be loved. So it's like, remember that. So no matter what you do, you're loved. If someone's telling you otherwise, someone's ever telling you you're a mistake, no, you're not. God loves you. God puts you on this earth. So just make sure that you go live your best life. Not like Cardi B. But live <laughs> your best life. <laughs> yeah. Live your life like it's golden. golden yep. If you need to rehear that affirmation, it is Romans 8.38. Valentine. Yup. Valentine, we thank you so much for thank joining you guys us for today. Having me. I appreciate it. Wow. You guys, black man, Christian man, man of God, single man of valor, single. <laughs> he's, he's available. Yeah, I'm available, he's you looking, feel me? He's such a wonderful. 
gotta love God though. You gotta <laughs> love God. You gotta be in your. You yeah, gotta correct tap head. in. You gotta. You, you, you know. You gotta be a painting too. Yeah. So, <laughs> yo, I cannot. Yo, listen. Val's looking. You can find him on Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm um, following me on social media. Uh, my Instagram is mr. Mister dot salu. My last name is a s a l u. And Twitter, which I do be saying some like you know, I feel like I be dropping some gems on Twitter sometimes too. And that's Mister underscore Asalu. For some reason, Twitter don't let you. Hello, hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. You could be the Miss Next Mrs. Asalu. It's up to you. It's up to you. Ball is in your court. Just shoot your shot. Love it. You love to see it. Thank you so much. Yo, we do love to see it. All right, y'all. We're out. Peace. You just heard Told by Olay, The Adventures of Calling, featuring Valentine Asalu. Thanks again, Val, for joining us. I'm so grateful. I pray that this episode encourages us and empowers us, and it reminds us that we can come out on the other side, and that even when we're struggling mentally, that we shall remain faithful because there's a breakthrough on the other side. I pray that we enjoy this adventure because it is a part of this story, and I pray that we remain faithful so that we can enjoy this crazy ride. Amen? Amen. That's all for now, folks. Until next time, thanks again for joining us. We can't wait to have you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Told by Ole, a lifestyle perspective podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and check out previous episodes and share with family, friends, colleagues, and anyone you think would also enjoy. Visit toadbyole.com for more information about the podcast. And be sure to follow on Instagram at toadbyole for updates and motivational content.